Welcome to the Supplier Diversity and Inclusion mini-podcast series by FIPS Consulting. In this mini-podcast series, I speak with international guests who share their experience on supplier diversity and inclusion. Today, I speak with Pavel Schubert, ETLCC's and East Meets West co-founder. Thanks a lot, Pavel, for being here. So, can you share with us, where are you calling from? Well, Andrea, hello, and uh, first of all, thanks for having me here. It's a great pleasure to join uh, this uh, this podcast of yours. Uh, I'm coming. I'm calling you from uh, from Vienna, from Austria. So this is now my home country, but mm-hmm. uh, my heritage and my origin goes back to Czech Republic. And uh, when I was now counting, uh, born in '77, I spent little more than half of my lifetime in Czech Republic, and now yeah, around 20 years in in Austria. Thank you. What is your role, Eastmeets West and ETLCC? Uh, so my role is very simple. I've, uh, I had an idea together with uh, the other co-founders, and mm-hmm. uh, we co-founded uh, the organization. So, uh, so I'm the one who co-founded uh, Eastmeets West uh, back in uh, 2013, and uh, this is something where I think also my passion somehow sticks in. And uh, EGLCC, that stands for the European LGBT Chamber of Commerce. And uh, Mm -hmm. we co-founded EGLCC back in 2019 uh, with a simple vision to basically join forces uh, to be stronger as uh, already existing uh, local or regional chambers. Yeah. So East meets West is like 10 years old. That's a great achievement. Congratulations. And um, But what is actually the connection between East Meets West and EGLCC? Sure. Maybe maybe let me tell you more about uh, EGLCC and uh, why we exist. When did we start with EGLCC? And uh, you will see the connection for, to, to East Meets West. Uh, I think important to say is that uh, we inaugurated uh, EGLCC in summer 2019 so it was in vienna on a conference uh, we simply pledged uh, the plans uh, that within one year we will start operations with the european-wide mm-hmm. uh, chamber of commerce lgbt chamber of commerce mm-hmm. and uh, so we did uh, it was mid 2020 and uh, we started uh, accepting uh, registrations from uh, lgbtiq owned uh, businesses mm-hmm. but this this whole before planning, before even 2019, of course, there is a bit of history. And uh, uh, as I told you, uh, 2013, uh, we started with East Meets West. Uh, first, this was more an idea of uh, getting people together, sharing experiences uh, between LGBTIQ professionals in Central and Eastern Europe, uh, bringing them uh, in front of uh, the Western inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then... Once, uh, I still remember that uh, that moment, uh, we went uh, to Milano with Ludo, who's the second co-founder of East Meets West. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were sitting outside uh, the meeting room, then we were invited inside. So there was sitting Darrell. Darrell is the CEO of uh, CGLCC, that's the Canadian mm-hmm. uh, Chamber of mm-hmm. Commerce. And uh, at the table was also Justin, Justin from NGLCC, so very famous, oh, uh, I think, yeah. globally person. And... Uh, we simply, as two schoolboys, were listening what uh, what these conversations <laughs> are there, and then we were like, super impressed. It's like, hey, this is great, this is supply diversity, totally something new, but it was fitting our uh, our basically aim of East Meets West to also help uh, business owners uh, and mm-hmm. to do something uh, what maybe nobody else uh, at that time was doing. 
And then we, we waited uh, once uh, Justin came out of the room and uh, greeted him once again. It's like, yeah, come over to, to Washington. We have a dinner. So we went to Washington. We joined the, the national Again, has been Chamber of Commerce, the national dinner in, oh, it's next December. There's 1,500 people on the stage. It's like, wow. it was amazing. Yeah. Of course, we, we returned back motivated. We were like, oh, this is exactly it. We will start with supply diversity. We will bring it to Europe next month. Uh-huh. Of course, I mean, it, it takes some time, but uh, that uh, this is the link. So my engagement with East Meets West, which is a network of LGBT professionals, brought me close to the topic of uh, supply diversity. Mm-hmm. We were able to learn something from NGLCC and from the CGLCC, the Canadian Chamber. And uh, we then started to uh, to get other other interested parties from Europe. And the good thing was that uh, next to East meets West, uh, there was uh, IGLDC, so that's the Italian Chamber. And mm-hmm. uh, there was also Scandinavian, Scandinavian Chamber already existing. So we simply mm-hmm. joined the forces and we said, that, hey, why can't we simply work on things uh, together instead of each of us uh, would right. be going uh, our own direction? And uh, mm-hmm. soon after, also the German chamber was founded, uh, which was uh, in 2000, uh, late 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this way, we are now successful uh, European, pan-European organization. Great. Thank you. Um, so East meets West is then covering like the Eastern European part. And you said that there is also the Italian chamber, the Scandinavian and the German one. So they're all part of the ETLCC um, organization then. Yes, that's correct, Andrea. So uh, you look at ETLCC as a, as a kind of pan-European organization. So we are an umbrella organization. We bring together the, the, the European local or regional chambers. Uh, so once again, it is uh, a German one, so GGLBC. Uh, it is a Scandinavian one, so the whole Scandinavia is covered uh, by SGLCC. Uh, it is uh, the Italian chamber. It is East meets West, uh, which looks after Central and Eastern Europe, including uh, Austria. And then I'm proud to also say that uh, as of last year, October, uh, we helped co-founding uh, BGLBC, and sorry for all of the abbreviations, uh, I'm used <laughs> to it, but it might be still a little difficult for some people. BGLCC it, uh, stands for the Benelux uh, LGBT Chamber of Commerce, and uh, they are with us uh, since uh, October last year. Wow, so, okay, so we got most of Europe covered with ETLCC, which is great, but I can imagine that being part of uh, East Meets West is kind of the the most challenging uh, group, probably from ETLCC. So, how is the perception in your community about supplier diversity and inclusion? Uh, I think overall, uh, this whole supply diversity is still rather rather unknown to the to the to the LGBT businesses. And now, yeah. doesn't matter whether this is in uh, in Amsterdam, whether this is in Vienna, whether this is in in Belgrade, uh, in Serbia. So this is still something what we have uh, on our busy daily work uh, to promote and uh, and to do the awareness about why is it important, what it brings uh, to corporates, what it brings to uh, to the diverse businesses. But right. Uh, you're right that uh, this whole Central Eastern European region has a bit more specifics. Uh, specifics are that uh, people are less included. 
people mm-hmm. are fearing. People are fearing to, to come out. Uh, so it's uh, very much different uh, between, uh, I don't know, quite open environment in Amsterdam and in Holland uh, yeah. comparison to, to Serbia. So people in Serbia would actually fear to register somewhere, to basically mm-hmm. leave uh, somewhere a footprint that this is an LGBTIQ-owned and operated business because they fear of losing customers, they fear of losing business partners, uh, right. maybe being rejected, uh, maybe being uh, laughed off. So all of these things, unfortunately, doesn't help us uh, on the on the journey. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's also about uh, corporates making them aware about supplier diversity and inclusion and what advantages it brings to them to then also encourage all of the LGBT plus owned businesses to make themselves visible to to the corporates who run supplier diversity and inclusion programs. That's- it's, it's exactly how you say it, right? So what we would, how he would uh, say it or translate it is that, uh, of course, we understand this uh, coming out in business environment is is a personal thing, mm-hmm. and it's not always easy thing to do. It, it's yeah. a quite a quite a big decision. But if somebody if, uh, wants to break the glass ceiling to go beyond uh, uh, basically being in, in in closet, then with the help of corporate partners. Uh, we can we can support uh, these people. We can support these businesses. So this is kind of uh, a helping hand. So they fear of losing something, okay. But at the same time, there needs to be something where they win, and the win is the is the support, is the backing uh, of the corporate partners. Right, and and I I understand there are kind of like LGBT labels that you can get, but they're really focusing on workforce only or do you have any experience on such labels that also include a uh, supply chain or looking at including diverse owned especially also in in your case lgbt plus owned businesses in the supply chain uh, so i think the good success of each glcc is that uh, we were able to to start partnerships uh, so we have uh, yeah. right now I think around nine to ten uh, corporate partners, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, these corporate partners uh, are basically sharing with us uh, the upcoming RFPs, RFIs. Uh, they are talking to us uh, uh, what are the different uh, sourcing needs, uh, and with this uh, we are able to help uh, the uh, the diverse uh, businesses who we have uh, in the in the network and. The potential uh, when it comes to the, the numbers, so how many are there maybe in Europe? Uh, I just did a quick calculation. Uh, right now, when I look at the geography which uh, EGLC is covering, there are mm-hmm. roughly, what, 18, 20 million uh, small, medium businesses. Wow. If I would use yeah. just a percentage of six, so six percent, uh, a kind of proxy of LGBTIQ community, and it's still mm-hmm. very much uh, the, uh, kind of uh, disputable, like if it's six, if it's four, if it's ten or above, uh, above ten. But when mm-hmm. you even take six percent, you end up in one million or roughly one million uh, LGBTIQ-owned uh, uh, businesses. And uh, the qualification or the criteria is that uh, the business must be in hands of LGBTIQ person slash persons, right? So there must be share of ownership. Uh, of the LGBTIQ persons, uh, and uh, and also they must be involved uh, in the management. Uh, maybe a, a little insight. Uh, of course, it's a it's a little tricky thing to do. I mean, how do you verify and how do you validate such a business? And right. uh, it goes back to the local regional chambers. Uh, 
because they are for us the key in this process. Mm-hmm. We would not be able to do this uh, on a, on a kind of European level from one central place, being at Vienna, being at Stockholm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it needs to be with the help uh, of the local network and the local networks uh, are managed uh, by the, the local chapters like, uh, I don't know, East Meets West Network or the, the, the Benelux uh, LGBTIQ uh, Commerce, uh, Chamber of Commerce Network. So they are they are basically vital for making this, uh, this verification because they also know very much uh, who is in the community and uh, are able to, for, to go through the, the verification process. Right. So you got the local people who actually got the, the community and the, and the knowledge and the network, uh, locally. Well, there is, there maybe there is, there is one more uh, thing, a bit of complexity if, uh, if I would compare ourselves with uh, maybe other advocacy organizations, mm-hmm. uh, because, uh, uh, this whole uh, gender, uh, identity, sexual orientation, uh, not only this is GDPR classified, uh, mm-hmm. information and, uh, uh, we make sure that this is uh, this is well protected, uh, and uh, with all of our privacy policies, uh, we guarantee right. that this is not uh, to be misused. But it's uh, also about how do you do this this verification, right? So how 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 far do you want to go and expose the person? So mm-hmm. if you take, for example, for a trans community, do you really want to go to the time before transitioning and then ask uh, for a proof of ID document? Before right. and after. So I think this also are uh, a bit of ethical things, uh, but I'm happy that, uh, that, uh, that we have the trust uh, of our corporate partners that our processes are set up in a way that they comply with, uh, with the corporate requirements. Right. And I think it's also probably not a good idea if you want to become a, a ETRCC business member if you're not really part of the LGBT plus uh, community. Um, how does your membership work for corporate? So if I'm in a in a corporate and and I would like to become uh, a member of ETRCC or East Meets West and and be part of your events and and access your database, how does that work? Yeah, so it's about uh, about uh, the whole memberships. Uh, and uh, you mentioned uh, the corporate, so corporate has one type of memberships, or there are, there are one type of members. Uh, then members can be also the, the diverse businesses. So these are the ones LGBTIQ owned and, uh, and managed. And mm-hmm. uh, members can be also the local LGBTIQ chambers. And yeah. I named uh, those who are already with us. Uh, uh, very soon, uh, hopefully in a few, few next weeks, we will be able to uh, announce uh, one more Chamber of Commerce in uh, continental Europe. Again, a huge country, cool. uh, mm-hmm. very much on the on the western side of uh, of the map, uh, which might already disclose uh, of the <laughs> And uh, so, 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 I'm saying it because uh, because it's basically based on on the members. Now, specifically when it comes to the corporate partners, how we would call them. Uh, yes, I mean we have different uh, different levels. Uh, we have the mm-hmm. founding members. Uh, or corporate partners. Uh, this is something uh, where not only it's about supply diversity and about uh, helping them to, to diversify uh, the, the spend and making it uh, also inclusive, but they're also sitting, for example, on our advisory uh, board. Uh, and uh, then you have uh, the standard membership. Uh, so this is uh, something what uh, you get uh, when you come to us. We have a conversation. 
we make sure that uh, we understand uh, the sourcing needs. Uh, then we set up a certain way of working. Uh, yeah. uh, typically, we would have uh, quarterly checkups uh, uh, set up uh, with a corporate partner. Of course, there is access to the database, but uh, we also need to understand that uh, that with a young organization like ours, mm-hmm. we don't have the history of uh, NGLCC in the US. So we didn't yet pass uh, the 2000 uh, certified LGBTIQ businesses like uh, they did recently. So we are oh, roughly good. at uh, 180. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is also a common practice that uh, if we get uh, a sourcing need, then uh, if we do not have it in the database, uh, then we will take a few days uh, just to once again check uh, that we really can't find uh, any any prospect uh, matching the criteria of uh, of the RFP. Right, that's that's perfect. Um, and through that, your visibility and need for the LGBT plus businesses to actually um, sign up to EGLCC or East Meets West is is also showing them that there is an advantage um, if you make yourself visible. So before we come to the end, is there any signature event or any anything coming up that you can recommend for diverse-owned businesses or corporates interested in uh, supplier diversity and inclusion in your area? Uh, so there is definitely one event uh, everybody has to not only mark in the calendar, but uh, I hope we all will be meeting there. I think, Andrea, you'll be there as well. So it is Amsterdam. I'm very much looking Sept- forward to it. Yes. Yeah, September 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is uh, under the umbrella of the European Supply Diversity Alliance. Uh, and uh, we are quite happy that we are part of this this, uh, this wider family, uh, which is not only the We Connect International, the MSD UK and, uh, and uh, EGLCC. Mm-hmm. But also some uh, some corporate partners who are driving uh, these activities. But uh, important here to mention is that uh, we agreed uh, that there will be some kind of rotating principle in terms of hosting. And I'm uh, quite happy that uh, that uh, this year is under the leadership of MSD UK. So Mayank Sheikh is making uh, everything uh, possible that uh, it will be a great event. So once again, 20, 21st uh, September, Amsterdam, and it will be. A brilliant event and we will be there as well EGLCC so we can we can also meet in person great I'm very much looking forward to it seeing you in September but now I have one more last question to you or one last sentence or key takeaway you would like to share with the audience well one last sentence uh, I mean it was too short I would love to talk uh, way more so I would like to continue <laughs> talking uh, and I think uh, what you do, Andrea, bringing different guests, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, I love it very much. Uh, maybe a message uh, for whoever is listening to us. Be curious. Be curious uh, what mm-hmm. is behind supply diversity, how this can change lives of those who are on the side of, uh, of diverse businesses, but uh, how also this can change the business uh, when it comes to the corporate ones, uh, what what do you miss if you don't tap on uh, on a diverse uh, supplier? And the very very last one, uh, it's a small teaser and insight as well. Uh, I mean, we are now in the role that uh, Andrea is interviewing, and I'm the guest. Uh, but uh, it will be June 16 in Vienna. The roles will switch, and uh, Andrea will be on the stage. Uh, so this is the 2023 East meets West conference in Vienna. It's Friday, June 16. And uh, Andrea will be there at the corporate panel talking about uh, supply diversity and inclusion. 
Right. So next event coming up in Vienna, June 16th, and then I'll see you also in Amsterdam in September. But um, thank you so much, Pavel, for all your valuable insights. And if you want to know more about East Meets West or EGLCC, or if you want to make your supply chain more inclusive, reach out via phipsconsulting.com or check out Phipps Consulting on LinkedIn. Listen to my next episodes where I talk with more experts about supplier diversity and inclusion and the impact it has on their business. Contact me if you have inputs or topics or any questions around supplier diversity and inclusion that you would like me to talk about. Thanks much for listening and bye, Diverse Owned.